everyone. Welcome to Locked On Marlins. This is your daily Marlins podcast from the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Peter Pratt. Back again, second episode from me. I wasn't scared off after episode one. And we are straight into the guests. Straight in. Had to bring in one of the UK goats straight away. Sean Barrett, welcome to Locked On Marlins. How you doing, brother? And how's it feeling to be on Locked On Marlins? It feels really different. Thanks for having me on, Pete. Uh, yeah, I don't know whether to be honoured that I'm the first guest or whether I'm the sacrificial goat. Uh, <laughs> I'm not sure. I, I think just just take it as an honour, mate. And, uh, you know, it's. I, I'm pretty sure you're going to be on regular rotation on, on both Locked On and, uh, and Fish Across the Pond as always. So, listen, great to have you on, buddy, as, as, as everyone knows. And listen, I, I want to call out first and foremost, Appreciate all the the feedback, the love from from episode one from everyone. It's great, and I really appreciate that. Um, really stepping outside my comfort zone, taking both the project on from you know the host perspective, but also doing a solo pod for me was brand new. So I, I really appreciate everyone's feedback. It, I'll, I'll get better at it, I'm sure of that, and I hope everyone enjoyed episode one. But you know, we we get into episode two, and listen, there's tons. I, I must say this. CBA uh, expiration thing has created this situation that never normally exists. So all of a sudden, it feels like you've got a like trade deadline type buzz happening right now. You know, we are on the 29th of November. Normally, it's relatively quiet. All of a sudden, huge news. So for this episode, what do we get into? Well, we're going to dig into the huge news from last night. Dropped the Marlins have signed a free agent. <laughs> they signed a free agent. And they've paid some money, over $50 million paid from a free agent perspective in Avi Garcia. So we are going to deep dive on that. Sean Barrett's going to help guide us, dig into uh, the history, the production, what we should expect from, from Avi Garcia, and really what our, what our thoughts are. Is it a good fit? Is it not? And equally, what else is there? What does this mean for other dudes as well? So this is fundamentally going to be uh, an Avi Garcia deep dive. We're looking forward to get into that. And um, yeah, Sean, I think really for me, you know, listen, he was one of the guys on the Marlins blimp that I put out there. I, I, I like the fit. Um, whenever I saw him play for the Brew Crew last year, um, the power always looked dangerous. And I felt like this could be a good fit. I mean, there was a lot of talk about Castellanos, et cetera, but, you know, the money was too much. The money was way too much. So from your perspective, how do you see this one for the Marlins, for Avi Garcia, four years uh, what's the total value? Four years, 53 mil. So 13.25 million average annual value. Take him to age 34 um, through that final that final contract. Or age 35, sorry, when he's a free agent. So what's the initial take on this one for you, buddy? Yeah, the Marlins have had a free agent. You could almost stop the podcast right there, couldn't you? <laughs> uh, no, it's, it's a fantastic bit of news. Uh, as you said, there were other guys out on the market like Castellanos, but I just didn't see that personally. I thought the money was going to be too much. The power profile probably didn't work for the Marlins, having him come from a small ballpark to, to one of the biggest in the league. And, and yeah, no, let's let's leave that alone and go on to Garcia. Fantastic deal for the Marlins. Mm. 13 million, probably going to be the highest paid guy on the team. I think there are a few oh. more players to bring in. There's a centre fielder, Gap still, you've still got to get catcher, but realistically, I think they come through trades and they're going to be guys that are either pre-arb or in arbitration. So he is probably going to be the highest paid player on the team. 
but 13 million for a player of his stature is, you know, is perfect. You know, he's a two to three war outfielder in free agency to pick that up for just over 13 million. Yeah, good deal. Good business. I, I, I think that's a perfect way to look at it. Two to three war type dude. And there's some question marks about the glove, you know, and kind of the feedback I've heard on Twitter. You know, in summary, what I've heard, 20 to 25 home run kind of power is what we're expecting. But contact, the contact profile is good. The glove and the out, you know, from an outfield perspective, you know, it's a downgrade on, say, Duvall's glove last year. Probably an upgrade on Corey Dickerson's glove for the time that he was there, which wasn't great. But, you know, like you said, a two to three war dude for 13 mil a year, that's good value. Most people, like you say to me, one war equals eight mil. And so if you get two war, you're already winning. If you get three, even better. For me, when I look at this too, I think it's a nice fit clubhouse-wise. Another Venezuelan. Another Venezuelan into this clubhouse. So it's getting, you know, it's filled with guys that you know are going to gel. And I think that's really important too. Uh, He obviously spent a year at, at the Rays too. Uh, and, and did well with the Rays uh, before his two-year stint with the with the Brewers, and yeah, I think it's a good summary. It's it's a good deal. Um, does you know what does this mean for? I guess the next you know what's going to come next. Um, you, I guess you've got Jesus Sanchez in one corner, Avi Garcia now the other corner. Let's say. Um, what does this mean in terms of further free agents, you know, from an outfield perspective, particularly, is there anything else they're going to look to do in, in free agency? Do you think? Free agency specifically? I don't know. I don't see it. I think maybe you're looking at a really, well, it's going to be a minor league deal probably for an outfielder. Cause you've got, you know, you've got Dela Cruz who would be the fourth man in that outfield. Uh, if we brought, well, even when they bring in a center fielder, so yeah, something small, something like uh, well, like a Sierra type, a guy that you can bring in, not Sierra specifically, but mm-hmm. what I mean is a guy that's been put on waivers, been released. You know, you, you're going to bring in a couple of guys like that just for spring training. Yeah, um, and you'll bring in two or three of them in the, for the outfield, and you know, one of them might stick uh, with the team and be that next man up. Yeah, we're going to need them. We always we're going to need the depth. We're going to need the bench to be strong too, no doubt about it. So here's the other question though, Sean. Listen, Avi Garcia is joining. He's going to be signing very soon, I guess, pending physicals, et cetera. Uh, the 40 man's full right now. Uh, obviously there's there's the kind of non-tender deadline, I think, approaching tomorrow um, or the day after. So it's in the com- you know next couple of days, decisions to be made. But, you know, the 40 man's full. Without knowing which way the Marlins go, who do you think's most at risk? right now who is on the 40 uh, if you had to call someone or is it too early to say on that one I, I don't think it's too just <laughs> we're talking <laughs> I'm talking Brinson here so to say it's too early to say it's time for Brinson to go is ludicrous. Oh he's had his time and okay. uh, whatever the, the value of the contract was going to be somewhere between 750 to a million in arbitration the Marlins ain't paying that for him he's no. he's, he's cooked I think this is the perfect opportune moment to insert the uh, Arsenal gif that's, you know, it's time to go. I think that's that's perhaps the ultimate insert here. I'm not sure I can actually do that. I have the capability to do that with, with my production techniques, but you get the vibe. All I can hear there is Sean Barrett saying, 
Lewis Brinson, it's time to go in exactly the style of that Arsenal fan gif that is legendary. Um, so I think that's probably a fair shout. And really, it is. It is for, for Brinson. I think that will be the end uh, for him. I, I don't think he'll be tender. I think his time with the Marlins, this will be it. Uh, the other thing we were talking about off air before we got rolling uh, was, you know, from a money perspective, in reality, they've kind of just funneled some of the funds from Dickerson and Marte into Avi Garcia. Um, they've obviously now got Jesus Sanchez on a league minimum deal. So all of a sudden, you know, yes, they're on the face of it spending some money, the Marlins, which, which is great. And, but actually they're just, rerouting some funds clearly some of the other guys you know it's a massive arbitration class this year for the marlins so clearly a lot of the money will need to funnel down to some of the arbitration guys that they are going to actually uh tender some deals to obviously sandy you know we'll maybe touch on shortly but pablo other guys obviously aguilar too is the other big number um so it isn't that they're kind of going through a glass ceiling of spending let's say Nevertheless, though, Sean, this is the really interesting part I wanted to get your take on. Four years. Four-year. Four-year deal. Did that kind of catch you slightly off guard in terms of the length? To a certain degree, yes, because you, you just don't see that from the Marlins. All the deals that they've brought in when they brought in Dickerson and in Marte, they were higher numbers in the teams of millions, but they were, you know, they were expiring deals. They were one or... Marte was, what, one and a half. Dickerson was two. You know, this is a major investment for the team. You would argue that by going that fourth year, they've dragged down the AAV and that that fits then into their profile. Garcia is a, the number one word from that I've taken from what I've seen from him is consistency. Yeah. He's incredibly consistent. You know, he's, he, he's putting up more or less the same um underlying numbers the surface numbers change a little bit with with luck you know home run to fly ratio and uh babbit but un- all the underlying stats you know the k rate the walk rate and all those other things are, are pretty consistent five of the last six full seasons he's played over 120 games he's a guy that is a plug-in and play guy can hit lefties can hit righties you know in an ideal world yeah he's gonna hit he's gonna have 500 at bats 600 plate appearances and uh, yeah, just be a you know set it in in stone that he's going to be in one of those corners. Yeah, absolutely, lock him in. So speaking about numbers and luck, let's just quickly get into Bet Online, and they they have you covered for all season for more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football season continues to march to the playoffs. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. Head to the new updated desktop or mobile website sign up today and receive your 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit just use the promo code locked on to receive your bonus that's the promo code of locked on to get your bonus from basketball football nhl boxing ufc right to your favorite vegas casino games don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers for the 2021 season bet online is the fastest easiest way to bet for all your favorite sports, bet online where the game starts. And then switching over to Direct TV. These boys, does this sound familiar? You've got the one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows. You're watching sports highlights on your phone. You've got your neighbor's best friends logging for the good stuff. Well, 
I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before. So you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and all shows in one place. That means no more juggling remotes, no need to buy another device ever again. Best part, no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter, the confusion, get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. It's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. So there you go. U.S. ads with a British twist. It's going to be a common theme for the Lockdown Marlin show, no doubt. So what have we got for the final, uh, final couple of segments here, Sean? I think we need to touch on Sandy Alcantara. We absolutely need to, to get into Sandy as well. Um, in the some Craig Mish had been reporting that Sandy, this five-year deal was was in the works and is very close to being signed. Something else cropped up though yesterday, which surprised me in a good way. It looks like there's gonna be a sixth year, an option, sixth team option at the back end of that, which I think, again, is exceptional news for the Marlins. So what was your take on that one? That Because that wasn't initially reported, but now all of a sudden it looks like it could be, I guess, theoretically a six-year, $75 million, I think, total uh, deal if the Marlins exercise all the options, which to me sounds sensational for Sandy Alcantara. Yeah, absolutely is. I mean, it's a big number. It's <laughs> a very big number. I think... If he's still with the team then, then then things have moved on for the Marlins in a significant way. Mm. I think, realistically, that's that's a just a little sweetener at the end of the deal that, <laughs> I hate to say it, if he's not with the team, then if he's been traded, if he's been moved on to a bit higher market, that's a, that's a contract that they can afford. So it's just a little sweetener at the end of the deal for Sandy to say, you know, when you've earned that in five years' time, somebody's going to pay that. It might not necessarily be us, though. It might not be, but I mean that takes him. That takes him through age thirty-two, I believe. That that option year, uh, which is is a twenty-one million uh, option, right tagged on the back end of that, and and it's a team option, not the player option. So, and listen, the market today. Uh, is being being set. I mean, Max Scherzer's out there signing uh, average annual values over forty million at age thirty-seven. He's signing a three-year deal of one hundred and thirty million. That's Max Scherzer. So, and that's a, probably a declining Max. We we were already worried about Max go, going into twenty twenty-one. Is he done? Is he cooked? I think he answered that, um, and looks like he 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 isn't yet, but. Nevertheless, that's a massive investment from the Mets, isn't it? 130 mil, three years. It's absolutely huge. They've just got the hope that then nothing happens during the uh, collective bargaining to change anything to do with the uh, salary yeah. cap or anything <laughs> yeah. like that because they could find yeah, themselves trouble. in financial strengths. Yeah, agreed. Because that, I mean, the Mets are, are obviously spending heavily. They They just don't care right now. And I think that's a really interesting point is, at the moment, we don't actually know what the rules of engagement are going to be in terms of, you know, luxury tax or combat competitive balancing or however you want to phrase it. Um, to me, it looks like the Mets are probably going to burst whatever the number is. <laughs> now they're layering in an extra 40 odd million 
um, as well as I've already got Lindor on the books. And I mean, are they in on Baez as well? I mean, <laughs> my days, this could be the most expensive roster ever assembled. Perhaps if the Mets keep on rolling, they get Baez in. I, I don't know, but um, it's a good it's a good point. But I think that when you look at Sandy, even in those prime years, if he's still healthy at 32, 21 million, let's fast forward six years, will be will still be a snip, I think, in all likelihood. Um, so, yeah, I think that was encouraging news. Um, the the other, I guess, main takeaway from from yesterday's news as well was the the Byron Buxton deal that that was announced for the you know the twins uh clearly he was one of the names that the marlins were considering and um he, he only had one year of control as you would have heard on yesterday's pod i was out on buxton there was others that were way in on buxton um i can't recall where you sat on him so were you in on that as an option um more generally before the, the trade yeah. Uh, yeah i was in on it to a certain degree with the, the sense that it seemed like a fit because yeah. The Marlins were after a centre fielder and a starting catcher. And so you had Garva and Buxton both on one year contracts. It seemed to fit for me the one year all in kind of atmosphere for the Marlins. Would they be able to re sign either of them going forwards? At 100 million, was it? Seven year, 100 million for Buxton? I don't think the Marlins were going to go over to that far. So realistically, they would have been rentals. Yeah, so only just because it was such a good fit that I thought that that was a good idea. As it is, the Twins have done something that I don't think much of baseball was expecting. But you know, they got the they got the deal done. They did. I I agree. That one seemingly kind of came out of nowhere. Um, the the expectation was the Twins are, are selling and they'd look to maybe move move Buxton on or. Etc. But there you go. The you know seven year hundred mil extension um, with a no trade clause as well. I think you know that was the interesting part when that dropped seven year hundred mil. I was then thinking, okay, maybe the you know maybe they've signed him, extended him for someone else to come and trade for him. Maybe that added the value. Then took away that that doubt for the Marlins. When, when the Twins are saying, hey, listen, we want Max Meyer as part of this deal, they go, well, absolutely not. There's no guarantee we can extend him. And then I saw the 700. I was like, wow, okay. Now all of a sudden you've got a controlled asset. Um, but then the no trade clause popped in there and that was the end of that. So Buxton and the Twins clearly, you know, he likes, he wants to be there, likes being there. He's got some real nice, the way the contract structure too, some incentives around being MVP as well. So he's kind of betting on himself. Um, and I think he has the talent to be an MVP, uh, let's say, but he's got to stay on the field. I mean, um, but, you know, just just kind of getting your thoughts on the center field market in general. Obviously, I was riding solo yesterday um, trying to get into it. Marte gone, Buxton now um, off, uh, off, off market as well. So two of, I guess, the top five dudes now unavailable. Where do you see the Marlins actually turning now for, uh, for a center fielder? It's tough to say, as you said, like Buxton's gone, Marte's gone. There's, there are guys out there. We've got uh, Mullins in, in Baltimore, and um, he's going to be a bit more expensive. We're going to be talking, Marlins are going to be talking maybe Pablo, and whether or not that's a good idea, I'm not quite sure. I think realistically, now that they've gone in and got Garcia, that I think an outfield of Garcia, 
and um, De La Cruz as backup, and you've obviously got Jesus in right. I don't think, I think realistically, you could find the, the Marlins going for a centre fielder that's that's not one of those top tier guys, not one of those names that we're all clamouring for. Yeah, I think realistically, it, any any trade where you're taking a guy like Pablo to get and plug, you're you're taking from you're Robin Peter to pay Paul. Mm-hmm. You know the Marlins aren't going to be much better if they give away Pablo for a, a great outfielder. I think far better keep Pablo, get in a you know get a lesser guy. A guy that's gonna, you know, be average. That's all they need now. I honestly think that a, a slightly above average outfielder and uh, the same at catcher, a couple of bullpen pieces, under the radar get kind guys. Yeah, that's a that's a team that can make the playoffs for the Marlins, and that's obviously what they're aiming for this year. Yeah, well, seem to be you know they're they're making signings. They're extending Sandy. They're committing to Sandy, which which is great. Avi Garcia's in four year commitment to him. Um, it's going to be interesting. You know, we've got what the, I guess what the C, the CBA isn't really creating is an, a trade deadline as such. It's more of a free agent deadline that it's kind of creating. So all of a sudden, the big dominoes are all going bang, bang, bang. They're trying to lock up their deals now, which I think originally people were thinking that wasn't going to be the case, but there would be kind of no activity. Wait to see what the CBA becomes. Then you'd get the flurry. Actually, we've, we've seen the reverse and you've got the flurry now. So I guess with that being said, you know, Craig Mish is out there yesterday in the wild reporting. He's always got his finger on the pulse clearly with the Marlins, but, you know, reporting that tomorrow uh, will be a big day. It is now tomorrow. And so with that being said, you know, I, I believe that it is more in the free agent space that you will see activity. So what do you think he could well be alluding to? I mean, you know, I guess other big names out there, um, you know, well, John Heyman's linking everyone, absolutely everyone with the Marlins. But I know you mentioned Chris Taylor a while ago that you thought was a good fit. The versatility is a good fit. I know Christina Di Nicola has liked the fit as well with Chris Taylor, um, you know, MLB.com's Christina. And so, you know, perhaps it, it, we haven't heard any numbers knocking around or anyone heavily into Chris Taylor actually reported. So could that be the splash the Marlins make here? Just a kind of versatile dude that can play multiple positions that we'll need. I think in reality, it probably is a good fit if you can make the money work. Absolutely. Yeah, no, he's, he's probably... A, a good candidate for what I was saying, you know, mm. a guy that can play centre field is he's, he's you know hundred WRC plus, he, he, a guy that's just above average with the bat, play every position, you know, he, he's played every position in last year other than catcher and maybe first base, uh, and we've got that covered, so that's fine, you know. So that flexibility of having him playing centre, but he can play both outfield positions. Garcia can play centre. He only had nine innings last year, but the year before he, he played over 40 games at centre field and had an above average UCR. So he can actually play centre. So those days when Taylor's or whoever's playing centre for the Marlins isn't playing, you can slide him across quite easily and have him play 10, 15, 25 games in centre field. Yeah. And obviously, you know, he, he is, uh, you know, I think the problem we spoke about when we did speak about him on the other pod was the idea that all that flexibility 
increase his, his, his demands, obviously. And if we only, if the Marlins only needed him for centre field, then they're overpaying for that flexibility. Yeah. But, you know, three years, 30 million, I think that's one of the numbers I've seen floating around as far as what to expect for him. Yeah. That's, that's doable. That, that, that fits in. Trade for a catcher, a guy that's going to be anywhere between minimum to five, eight million in ARB. Then you're looking at a team that's pretty much rounded off for not to, you know, that's what, 60, 70 million probably all told. Yeah. That's, that's, that's more or less in the window of what we were expecting from the Marlins. Yep. Agreed. I think we're, we've just burst 60 million, I think right now. Right. So, you know, obviously there's some arbitration stuff to kind of work through and, you know, et cetera, but yeah, you're right. The, the number may be more kind of like 70, 75 perhaps, um, which, you know, we're still way below a lot of the, the division rivals, clearly. But nevertheless, for the Marlins, it feels like steady progress in that space, um, for sure. I, I do I do feel like we we need one elite glove out there. Like, I, you know, clearly Jesus Sanchez, he's still working things out. I mean, there's all sorts from Jesus Sanchez. I mean, do you remember that play last year where it was down the right field line literally down the line and yeah and he just completely lost it and ended up doing a one-handed barehanded one-handed grab um and just you know gave it the full exuberance after i mean for me you know summarize jesus sanchez in the field that moment sums it up overran it somehow recovered and did it with a smile on his face i mean it was it was perfect but you know i, I don't think you know avi avi garcia i don't think is as good as Duvall in the field. No, well, I mean, he won a gold glove last year. So, you know, um, you know, he isn't going to be. Uh, Jesus is a work in progress. I do feel like we need one elite glove in there with, with some speed. You know, you know, we do need someone there that has some wheels to kind of track it down. Um, so I'm intrigued to see how they try and make that work. But as, as you would have heard yesterday on the pod, I, I still think the most likely center field plug is, is an Angels rekindle. Uh, of a trade. I still think that is the most likely you end up with five, six years of control um, of a dude that, that you like, and you're just going to have to kind of trust your, your scouting. Um, and yeah, I get, well, it's going to be expensive. I know. And I can see Sean giving it the old, uh, you know, money, the money sign. And it is expensive. The prospect capital could be expensive, but you know, it's, it's one of the options. So yeah, it's uh it's going to be an intriguing few days. This is the beauty. All of a sudden, we have this flurry of activity that maybe we didn't expect. And listen, Marte's gone. Buxton's gone. Avi Garcia's in. Let me finish with this one, Sean. Let me, the final question, who has the better year this next year in 2022? We assume a 1-6-2 season, and we assume all these dudes are healthy for the majority of the year. Who has the better year for you? Avi Garcia with the Marlins. Um, uh, Soler not yet signed anywhere, Castellanos or Duval, those four dudes, who do you think has the best year? It's, I mean, it depends what metric you want to look at, you know, you know, et cetera, but you love war, I'll give you war. Who has the highest war of them four dudes in 22? Well, if, if we're going war, then obviously <laughs> Duval gets a little bit hurt by that for whatever reason. I think just the, the low batting average probably just doesn't doesn't yeah. sit well. They don't like uh, it, do they? They don't like that. They the really and the strikeout rate and everything like that. Yeah. They, for whatever reason, he does seem undervalued. Yeah. You know, when you when you sit and watch him play 
each each day. You look you look at him and you think that's a you know a four war player and it just doesn't translate. Yeah, I think honestly, uh, not to be too big of a homer, I I think Garcia genuinely has probably the best opportunity for, for one reason and one reason only, and it is that consistency. Yeah, you know, Duval could go into the tank. You know, it, there are no there are underlying numbers on you know on Duval where the strikeout rate's too high. You know. It's it's a case of the Babbitt can hurt him. The home run to fly ratio hurts him more so than a guy that's consistently making contact. And I think yeah, a good season from Garcia. You know, pulls the ball well. It's got enough home run power uh, for Marlins Park. I don't think the park's gonna to hold him back at all. I think I saw somewhere that twenty six of his twenty nine home runs last year would have gone out in in Lone Depot Park. Mm-hmm. So I think the writing's on the wall that he could genuinely be the best of the bunch. Yeah, I agree. I completely agree. Um, I, I, all being equal, I, I, I can see that happening. I, coming back to it, in summary for this, you know, the deep dive on, on Avi, I think it's a great signing. I love, the, I love the fit. I love the signing. We needed it. And we've, we've made it happen early. There's some other guys out there that were still, you know, knocking around Castiano, Schwarber, etc. but, I like the way they've just gone out and they've 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 pulled the trigger. Marte was gone. Buxton went. Was it coincidental that an hour after Buxton news broke, okay, Marlins pulled the trigger? Is it a coincidence? I don't think it is. I actually don't think it is. I think you know they were clearly. If Craig Mish is saying that they're in on someone, they're in on them. And then when that door closed, you know, Plan B quickly and execute it. Um, so fair play to the Marlins for that. We are out of time for this one. Uh, short, sharp podcast in the Locked On Marlins podcast. So, Sean Barrett, thank you for being the first guest uh, with me on, on Locked On Marlins. How did it feel? Did it feel any different to fish across the pond? It was a lot of fun, Pete. Uh, yeah, it feels a little bit more formal, a bit more professional. <laughs> I don't know whether I can live up to that kind of uh, expectation, but I gave it a shot. Uh, no, Pete, congratulations, mate. You deserve this. And uh, we all know you're going to kill it. Yeah, listen, I appreciate you finding the time and you are always, there's going to be a regular UK rotation, no doubt. Um, you know me, I love I love conversation and guests and that's that's more my MO. So absolutely appreciate you finding the time to hop on, digging into both, well, Avi, Sandy, other Marlins opportunities. It's going to be a wild, wild few days. So guys, that is it for today. We will be back, well, Tomorrow, of course, it's, this is to, uh, to remind everyone, this is a daily part. And we're going with a relatively fixed release schedule. 12, so midday UK time, if you're a UK listener. And for the US guys, 7 a.m. Eastern. So they're the times. My advice to you, though, these are daily. Hit the subscribe button, get it straight to the devices and get the Locked On Marlins fired up. We are going to have a lot of fun. I'm building towards a big guest on a Friday. TBC, I don't know who it will be yet as such. Well, I do, but I'm working on it still. But that's the plan is to send off the weekend Marte style. So let's uh, let's look to make that happen. Um, so that's it for this one, guys. I appreciate you finding the time, uh, making Locked On Marlins your first listen of the day. If you want to make your second listen, the Locked On Bets, your daily one-stop shop, for all your gambling needs, Locked On Bets, hosted by your boy Q, expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It's free, available on all platforms. Appreciate it, guys. Be back tomorrow.